Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. I want to, um, I want to, of course, I'm being led by the Spirit in this, and I have some scriptures that I want to go through with you this morning. I'm saying this now in advance so that we have a title, title, there we go for the media, because I, I always get asked, what's the title? Um, okay, so we're just going to continue, I don't know what the last Sunday is, what, what, we're not, it's not going to be the same, just put this, um, just the title for today's message is reason, reason we be, the reason we believe in the rapture, all right? The reason we believe in the rapture. Come on, Hallel- come on. So, somebody say hallelujah. Now, some of you might not get be excited. We're not here to split hairs with anybody. Um, we have, there's different thought on this. Um, there's different th- schools of thought. All of them theologically will break down their version of their scriptures to say why their idea or their revelation on the coming of Jesus and the rapture of the church, why their one fits the best. And so uh, just for those of you that are not aware of it, I think predominantly in this room, I think mostly what we've always grown up and been accustomed to for the most part is a pre-trib rapture. Okay, which what does that mean? That is the catching away of the saints before tribulation comes, okay? There is also, uh, that's called pre-trib. That's called the pre-trib point of view. Then we have something called the mid-trib, which is three and a half years into the tribulation, Jesus is gonna catch the saints away before the crazy part of the tribulation happens. That's a mid-trib. Then there's post-trib, all right? That's like after it's all said and done. Then there is, Actually, that we are, the rapture's already happened. The book of Revelation has all already transpired and that we are now currently already, there is no rapture of the church. We are the kingdom of God in the earth and Jesus is gonna come down and rule and reign with us while we are here, okay? So I'm just, I'm just telling you what's out there, all right? Don't look at me like, whoa, where's this guy going with this today? So, so of course, um, of course, I've grown up around a far, my dad, who, who was a, a very uh, well-studied person in the Scripture. Um, he was um, a, a pastor, strong, a pastor, but with a really strong anointing in evangelism. Uh, they got to see many, many souls saved. So obviously, he preached the simplicity of the gospel to win the lost. And then in his personal, he's a very, very well-studied man. He studied the Word. I mean, he probably had, by the time he passed away, and I have uh, one copy of his Bible, which is in South Africa, that I'm trying to get here. Uh, but he had probably about five Bibles stacked together, page to page, every bit of it highlighted, and uh, basically all falling apart, very, very studious, and then a man of prayer that would pray every day, hours on end. And it wasn't a religious thing for him. He truly loved to pray. He really loved, I mean, he would pray in the Spirit, hours on end. In fact, my alarm clock to go to school every morning my dad would pray in the spirit and I would wake up. I'm going, okay, I need to get up now. Dad's praying. That was my alarm clock to get up when I grew up to go to school. Every day of my life, I'd grow up hearing my dad praying in the spirit. And uh, 
Anyway, uh, of course, he believed um, in the rapture of the church, very much so. And uh, I'll tell you what, he breathed and lived the coming of the Lord Jesus. He wasn't one, though, that was, like I said, uh, with, with the suitcases packed up, waiting to go and get on out of here. He, he was occupying until the coming, but boy, there was such, when he spoke about the coming of the Lord, it was like you could tell in his eyes that when he spoke about it, it was like Jesus was coming on the clouds at any time and he was waiting to see Jesus come in for him. That's the way he was. He was always in that posture. And so, um, you know, I don't want to come and say, you know, because sometimes, sometimes, just so you know, you know, we learn things that are generationally taught to us, but not all of them are right. Are you with me? And that was one of the things that I endeavoured to do. While I honour and I respect my father very, very much, that's an understatement to say the least, I wanted to know why I believe those things myself. It's not good that you tell me something. You know, many of us in this room here understand and believe something because somebody told you. Are you with me? And it's, it's not, at that point, it's just knowledge. This knowledge of something, um, and sometimes we don't like to be told something different that affects that knowledge cage of ours, all right? This is your knowledge cage. And uh, we don't like that because sometimes that knowledge cage has been believing things for so long that when the knowledge cage begins to be dismantled, we, we can, we, we've got to be aware of spiritual pride, in that we've got to be humble. Now, we don't swallow anything hook, line and sinker either at the same time. Are you with me? We judge everything by the Word of God. This is, this is the measurement of truth by which we, we judge all things. Amen? Amen. And so, um, and, and I'm also the guy that's going to tell you. So while I'm saying all of this, I am a firm believer in a pre-trib rapture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That I believe in the catching away of the saints. Number two, I want you to understand here that on our website, we have actually on our statement of faith, when it comes to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll actually see that it says our posture or our belief is pantheology. All right, now y'all are gonna understand what it means. Pantheology simply puts, it's all gonna pan out in the end. All right. Meaning, meaning, when I say it's all going to pan out in the end, whether you are a pre-trib believer, a post-trib, a mid-trib, a post-trib, or a kingdom now theologian does not change the fact that Jesus is coming. Either which one of those that you are, uh, that you are staking your faith to in whatever you've been taught all your life. Number all four, all, all and there's more. All of these postures of belief all believe in the coming, in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? Now, I have subscribed to a pre-trib rapture. And rapture, by the way, for those of you that don't know, there actually is not the word rapture in the, in the Bible. The word rapture is actually the word harpazo. The word harpazo means the catching away or the lifting up. All right, I'm, I'm not going into great details just to kind of give you a brief explanation here. And um, so there is the removal of the righteous ones. Before I get to the removal of the righteous ones, 
I am also a proponent of, I am not against understanding that persecution does come to the believer. That is why many of those who are mid-trib believers or post-trib believers believe that we're gonna go through all of the tribulation. I mean, off with your heads, are you with me? I mean, all of that. So, so we're gonna face a lot of all of that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to the church being persecuted, but I just wanna point out to you, before I get into great detail here, that Every time there has been cataclysm or something in the form of a judgment of God that has been executed on the earth, when I say judgment of God, I'm talking about when there has been great events that have happened on the face of the earth, all of them have always demonstrated a removing of the righteous ones and then whatever would take place would take place. And I'm gonna get into the scripture for that. I'm not gonna go there right now. All right, I'm gonna get into that. So, so now, so we can be persecuted. Right now in the world, there are parts of the world where persecution is coming. Right now in the United States of America, there is an increase of persecution for the church. And I'm gonna tell you here, this is not me being, it's not a matter of, well, you're not very optimistic. It's not optimism or pessimism. This is not nothing to do with that. It's truth. There's a difference here. We're telling the truth. And I'm telling you that the, the, the frogs are in the pot and the fire is on and the heat is getting hotter. All right? And, uh, and, and we've got to understand, persecution is coming. And, and, the, and, 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 you know, we in the United States of America, we become a whole lot more prone to going, okay, well, where's this in the book of Revelation? Of course, there's nothing wrong with that because we are living in unprecedented times, such the like that we have, that, that we have never seen on a global scale historically. Amen? Come on, I mean, if it doesn't take, look, I mean, I don't even have to be a rocket scientist to tell you this. So things are happening in the world. In the last days, knowledge is increasing. I'm telling you right now, technology. I mean, like you, you can buy a smartphone today and, and Apple, I mean, Apple, they're putting out a brand new phone every single year with the next greater chip and the next greater chip. And personally, I believe they've probably got like 20 chips that are already advanced. They're just slow rolling it just to make money off of us. There's technology out there that has never come into the hands uh, that, that is not at a consumer level. Everything from a GPS, GPS was military to technology. Now we get to drive around in our cars. We don't even need a Garmin or a Tom Tom or any of that kind of stuff. It's all built into your cell phone. You don't even need all of that stuff. The poor guys that made those, those devices probably went out of business. In fact, they had to convert, they had to sell their software to smartphones. Otherwise, that'd be, you know, that was probably their last, you know, that's the last you're gonna hear from us. Here's our, 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 our app. And of course, they still sell them, but, you know, there's very little use and purpose for them unless you're going out and four by fouring in the middle of the forest and whatever. But the point of the matter is, is technology, knowledge is advancing at a rate so fast, you know, and I say that they come out with one every year. Well, I'm telling you right now, every month, Another company with another phone is out there with something powerful. 
And it, I mean, so it's like you can't even take a breath and before your next breath is out, something greater is already there. So we're living in unprecedented times, not based on technology, but, but, but technology is certainly in a position where it has the power to control humanity. It is the force by which and through which uh, and is the platform through which humanity will be controlled entirely. And if you're not plugged into that system, too bad, so sad. You ain't gonna, you know, you won't be able to do anything like buying and selling and all of that. Now I'm getting ahead of myself here. The point of the matter is, is that there is currently persecution. America just has never uh, been on the brunt end or the short end of the stick to experience this kind of persecution on the level that it's just starting it. It's not bad news, it's good news. Because in these times, we're gonna see supernatural things happening. If you're an unbeliever and you're unsaved, yeah, I'm concerned for you. But if you are a child of God, you have nothing to be worried about. You have nothing to be concerned about. I mean, we can use wisdom, we can be cautious, we can do all of those kind of things. We do everything that we know how to do in the natural, but above all, we trust God. Amen. So persecution's always been there around the church. So I'm not a one, I'll be the first person to tell you, persecution's coming, persecution's increasing. But there's never been or existed a time of where there has been cataclysmic, you know, millions and millions and millions of human beings uh, that have been taken out over a very short space of time that, 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 that I'm talking about that in that form of persecution or that level of persecution. And every time there's been something that's, that, that's on a high scale, every time God has lifted the righteous and then humanity left to itself has caused chaos. Are you with me? Amen. Look at, look at, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to the scripture, so I don't wanna go there just yet. So I believe in a pre-trib rapture of the church. The pre-trib rapture of the church is simply this, and how many of you say this with me, you shall know them by their fruit. Say it one more time. Right, and so for everything, there is a fruit. When you put a seed into a gro in the ground, that which, uh, that the, the plant which erupts from the earth after the plant has begun to grow, it will manifest after its own kind. Are you with me? So for every seed, there is a fruit or a manifestation which reveals what the seed is. And in every doctrine that we preach, there is a fruit. And how many of you know that the Bible speaks about the groom, the bridegroom or, or the bride, the bride is making preparation for the groom. The posture of the bride is always being prepared for what? For what? The meeting, who's, who's, who is she preparing herself for? The groom. So she is adorned, and I've said some of this stuff before. She is getting ready. She is making herself ready for the coming of the groom. Yeah. 
and she is beautifying herself. Of course, we've been given the Holy Spirit. Last week, we spoke about that restraining force, the restrainer, which is in the book of Thessalonians, that the, the Antichrist cannot be revealed because of the restrainer. The restrainer is both the church and the Holy Spirit within the church. It is, the, it is uh, in other words, the, the, that the church is the power of God in the earth, holding back the the full intensity of the Antichrist that is to be revealed. And his, he cannot be fully revealed while the restrainer is here. Come on. So that means by virtue of the fact that he can't be revealed, the one thing that holding him, holding him back is the church. So we are the power of God in the earth, putting at bay the full intensity of those, of those last days. Come on. Uh, uh, somebody. Uh, all right. Okay, I'll, I'll talk to... I'll, let me talk to this side. There's a lot of... I feel a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> right here. Amen. So anyway, so... The, the point that I'm getting at here, why don't we go over quickly again to, to um, Matthew chapter 24. We've, uh, we've been dealing with this chapter now. This is the third week in a row that we're talking about this. Uh, Matthew 24, sorry. Uh, did I say 23? Okay, Matthew 24. Um, you will be, uh, you know, from verse 5, many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ and will mislead many. You will be hearing rumours of rumours of war. See that you are not frightened for those things must take place. That is not yet the end. Uh, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdoms in various places. There will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Or another translation says the beginning of sorrows. And then, you know, I believe that, you know, the beginning of sorrows not only... Uh, the beginning of these birth pangs. So it is a, a, a picture of a woman in labor. And how many of you know that when a woman is about to give birth to, their, to a child, that the closer that those contractions come together, we know that, hey, baby's close, baby's on the way. The whole way, we're not gonna get into the details of what that all looks like. I've seen it four times. Thank you, Jesus. And so when it, those contractions are closing in, eventually that baby is gonna come forth into the world, whether it's a boy or a girl, there are no other options, just a boy or a girl. That's it. Just saying, just saying very clearly, boy or girl, nothing else. There's no, you don't decide, uh, you know, you've got boy parts, you don't get to decide where, that you're a girl. And, and whether you have a boy part, a girl part, you don't decide that you have a boy. When you came out of your mother's womb, you had uh, objects right there or uh, something there in your private area that determined what you were according to God's creation. Amen? <clears throat> and it just seems like people in these days are going absolutely crazy. In all of humanity's existence, there's only been two. Now we think we're smarter than everybody else. And it's all subjective. Well, or how do I feel? Well, I feel like, well, yeah. I mean, so, uh, never mind. I was about to say something really ridiculous right now, but that would be a false thought because I wouldn't have thought that it would just be simply to make up an example, you know. 
Like, <laughs> I, I won't even go there. <laughs> All right. And then, then they will div- deliver you to tribulation. And then it continues. But, uh, because lawlessness has increased, most people's love for God will grow cold. Come on, we've got to be careful. This is not the time for the, peop- for the love of God and people's hearts to grow cold. Then it says, and this gospel of the kingdom, the basilia, the rule and reign, the kingdom of God will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Amen? Then we can go blah, 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 all the way to verse 36. Last week I touched on this. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels, nor the, uh, uh, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son. Who is the Son? Jesus. All right, but the Father alone. So Jesus doesn't even know when that exact hour is. We can know that we're in a season of the approaching of it. Amen. So those who write books and tell you about that Jesus is coming on such and such a date, no. I mean, man, I mean, they have, a, uh, they have a, a more closer relationship with the Father than Jesus does in that case. Because the Father didn't even tell Jesus it, the date. Come on, I'm just saying. So don't buy into all of that stuff. Don't buy into all of that stuff. All right? We just need to be prepared for the coming of Jesus. We need to, and while we have breath, we're excited. What do we want to do? We want to tell as many people about Jesus as possible so that when Jesus comes, hey, we're all going together. And, and, and this is not about escaping. This is about, this is about the wickedness of man that is going to come upon the earth and they are gonna, they're going to do every bit of wickedness. You know, just realise that the world is wicked. How many of you realise the things that are going in the world is, are wicked? As wicked as wickedness can be that we can think, we know the stuff that we've been exposed to over this last season of the wickedness of the hearts of men. I mean, just the absolute luciferic spirit seated right at the centre of all of that. We've seen all of that, yet the restraining force is still holding back the full manifestation of wickedness. So the fullness of wickedness has not even been manifest yet and it's wicked. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. All right. <clears throat> then if you go to Matthew 24, and I'm not going to read this for the sake of time so that my message doesn't become like the mercy of the Lord and endure forever today. <laughs> and because I love you. From verse 42, it ta- starts talking about being ready for the coming of the Lord. In other words, being ready. And so uh, that's what I was saying. The f- uh, sorry, to get back to the fruit is that the, the, the bride is making herself ready. In other words, she knows the groom is coming. She wants to be ready for the groom. And the fruit of the other context of this other, these other uh, 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 propositions of how Jesus is going to return. Like I said, there is a fruit for everything that we do. And the seed of that understanding puts us into a position of, well, He's coming to rule and reign, so we're gonna just get relaxed and lackadaisical. It produces a lethargy inside of God's people. In other words, it produces a bride that is not intensely waiting for the group. Come on, somebody. 
How many of you here, if it was your wedding day, come on ladies, it was your wedding day today. Imagine that day, whenever your wedding date was, just go back to that day. Imagine if that day was today uh, and, and uh, you know, you were getting mar- married at two o'clock this afternoon. Where would you be right now? <laughs> you all answered at once. Come on, anybody, one answer here. Yeah, not here. <laughs> Somebody said not here. <laughs> You would be, uh, okay, all right, it's a Saturday, all right? Okay, let's just go. It's a Saturday. Where would you be? You're getting married at two o'clock. You are, I mean, you've woken up. It's your day, glory to God. You're getting married to, to the one that you love. Come on, the one that God has brought into your life, the one that God has assigned to you. You are, there's a, there's a nervousness, there's an excitement, there's a, there's a, there's a joy, but you're making yourself ready to, to look at your very, very best as a bride and anticipate of the groom, that, that there's gonna be a coming together. And, and come on, we're not gonna go into all the details of everything that comes after the fact, but just for the picture of understanding, you are going to be making yourself ready for the groom. And when you remove the urgency of always intensely being prepared for the groom, we become relaxed. In other words, we will give in to the dictates of the flesh more than what we normally would. Why? Because if it was your wedding day on the, fri- on the Saturday and it was Friday, how many of you know Friday you would be a whole lot more relaxed? Yeah. Oh good, I've got some time. And so we begin to walk with an attitude of, okay, it's all right, I'm, I'm good. Come on, follow my train of thought here. So there is a fruit for everything that we preach. And this is not a fear thing because if you love God and you know He's coming back for you, then you wanna be ready for Him to come. Amen, come on somebody, you love Him. Out of the overflow of that relationship and and the fact that He's coming and He's gonna lift you up. Now, if you wanna stay, if you don't believe in a preacher, and that's okay. I mean, we're not even gonna debate and have an argument over this with you. You're welcome to stay. You're welcome to stay if you want to. That's okay. You know. <laughs> all right. Then if you go to, uh, so, so from uh, Matthew 24, all the way from 42, all the way to verse 51, it's talking about being ready for His coming. And actually, when you go into chapter 25, the, the concept or the thought, the continued the continuity of thought is not changing here. It's talking about making yourself ready for the coming. And then it goes into, then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to 10 virgins. Then, so, the, so, so be ready, make sure you're, you're ready. This is, then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the prudent took oil and flasks along with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Talking about there is no posture of really, uh, you know, depending on how you see things, you're gonna get drowsy and begin to sleep. 
Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. Then the foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, no, there will not be enough for us. And, 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 and you too, go instead uh, to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the, pur- the purchase, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him and uh, to the wedding feast and the door was shut. Later, the, uh, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. But he answered, truly I say to you, I don't know you. Be on the alert for you do not know the day nor the hour. Jesus is coming back for His bride. I know that the bride is, we know that as the church, but more specifically to a bride. And I believe that there is a bride inside the church. A bride or a church that consists of a bride and the bride are the five wise virgins and the church on the outside of that, there's five foolish and five wise in the church, but Jesus is coming back for a bride. Now, there's not the voice of condemnation here. Now, many people are gonna get saved. Or many people are, 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 are going to go into glory with the Lord. Are you with me? But those that are sleeping, that are not ready, that haven't been preparing, haven't been living in earnest expectation. This isn't about you being put on a treadmill of performance or putting you into a works. And we've got to understand one thing here, that we are not a works-led church. In other words, you are not saved by your works. Are you with me? We are not, we are not trying to put you on a works program. That's not what we're trying to do here. But at the other side of the coin is there is something called, somebody just go ahead and grab your arm and just take a little bit if you can if you have any fat on there or any skin that's a little bit pliable, uh, let's say any skin that you have, just go ahead and say flesh. I didn't say pinch it. So just hold it in your hand. (laughs) All right. That flesh over there is something that if you want to live a spiritual life for the Lord without works, even though you love God, you want to serve Him and you want to respond to Him. How many of you know there's many people in this room that love God in this room? You wanna pray and spend time with Him, be in His Word. But sometimes you give in to this flesh because this flesh doesn't want to. There's a difference between works and not yielding to the flesh. And that's called maturity. That's called putting your flesh under, making your flesh subject to the strength of the spirit man. All right? This got nothing to do with works. All right? So I just want to make sure we separate that. So it talks about the five wives and the five foolish. If you want to go with me here, and, and by the way, it's talking about the bride and that there, I believe that there is a bride, there is a bride inside of the church. Amen. And then let's go over here to the book of Luke really quickly, Luke the 17th chapter. In fact, uh, while, go ahead, go to Luke the 17th chapter. We'll get there in a minute. Let's go over to, I'll go to Ephesians chapter five. 
It says here, where do I want to start? Uh, in verse 22, it says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Yes, yes, verily. For, <laughs> for the husband is head of, of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the saviour of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Now, husbands, husbands, somebody say husbands. Now, actually, let's have the wives say husbands. All right. So actually, husbands say wives. I mean, wives say husbands. All right. Love your wives just as Christ also loved her and gave Himself up for her so that He might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the Word, that He might present to Himself the church in all of her glory having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be homely, holy and blameless. All right, so, so this is again talking to the church, which is actually depicting here the church as being the bride. Amen? Amen. And, and preparing the bride to look glorious. All right? And what do you think we're doing? We are teaching a message to the bride of Christ and making her glorious. How do we make the church of the Lord God look glorious? How do we prepare the church, the bride of Christ, to look glorious? We take them out of religious theology or religious ideology and we begin to teach and tell them, you have been made righteous. Now begin to manifest the righteousness that is on the inside of you. And then you begin to operate in the identity that God has called you to be. And you begin to manifest the glorious bride of Christ in the earth. Oh, come on, somebody. Because Jesus, when He comes, is not coming back for a, for a broken down, namby-pamby, skinny, emaciated, good-for-nothing church. He's coming back for a church. He's not coming for, back for a broke-back church either. All right, moving right along. He's coming back for a church of power. He's coming back for a church who, who know their God and know who they know who they are. They know who He is in them. They are displaying the glory of the bride and manifesting and come on, they are radiating Jesus' image in the earth. I mean, He's coming back for a church of power, a bride that is ready at any time. Come on, let me tell you, this bride not only is dressed in white, she's got a shotgun in the one hand and she's got another bazooka on the other side. She is ready, glory to God. God. And a sword. Yes, for close combat. Hallelujah. You can have a sword and a pistol. <laughs> Praise God. I've, uh, you know, anyway, I'm not even going to go there now. Hallelujah. But the, the Lord is coming back for a glorious church. Come on. 
a glorious church means we are radiating His glory in the earth upon His arrival. And this gospel of the kingdom, the glory of the mystery of the kingdom shall be preached in all the earth to all nations and then the end shall come. This glory when He comes, that church will be manifesting, a church without stain, spot, blemish or wrinkle, a church who know who is in them. They know and understand being a new creation. He's coming for a glorious church full of power without any political correctness, without the ability to Call a, come on, let's be it. We've got to be a church that calls a spade a spade. A duck a duck. If it looks like a duck, acts like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Hallelujah. That's the church Jesus is coming for. Mm-hmm, somebody. Woo, glory to God. I mean, I'm, I'm just excited. Excuse me if I get a little bit besides myself here. I'm, not, I'm telling you, I'm, listen, I pray by the Spirit of God here today that as we talk about the things pertaining to the hour that we are living in, glory to God, I feel faith on me right now. I pray that what you are hearing is no, no one ounce of fear, but a spirit of faith to face the future, knowing God is coming for a glorious church. And there's still a little bit more to happen before the trumpet sound of His coming. And we have been designed for the greatest hour. The prophets of old wanted to be alive for this hour. God chose you. He chose me because He knew the ingredients on the inside of you would be necessary to fulfill this hour. Everything you need, He gave you. He didn't sit there and go, oh my God, they should have been born in the 1800s. What was I thinking? They're not ready. Oh, you're ready. You're ready, Freddie. And it's time to get steady. Thank you. Okay, quickly, let's go over here for the sake of time. By the way, I just love holding my Bible. It's just so wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love my Bible. Hallelujah. This word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Glory to God. Everything I am is because of the life of God revealed to me through this word. Hallelujah. My Jesus. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 17. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 17. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Luke chapter 17. All right, where am I going to start reading from? Let's go ahead and read from verse 22 as I close out here. And we make preparation for landing the planes. Go ahead and put your safety belts on. Please, when we stop the aircraft and you open up the overhead cabins, stuff may have moved during our 
flight today. Make sure none of that lands on your head when you get up and unpack, but please, all right. Anyway, uh, <coughs> I digress. Chapter, chapter 17, verse 20, he says to his disciples, the day will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. They will say to you, look here, look here, do not go away and do not run after them. For just like the lightning when it flashes out of one part of the sky and shines to another part out of the sky, so will the Son of Man be in His day. But the first must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it shall be as the day in the days of the Son of Man. What happened in the days of Noah? God told him, build me an ark. The Lord told Noah to build him an arky, arky Lord told Noah. Come on. That's what he told him to do. He told him to build an How many of you know the song? The song. The Lord told Noah to build him an arky, arky. All right, good. Not alone. You are not alone. All right. <clears throat> so, so God tells Noah to build an ark. And he builds this ark. Everybody thinks he's nuts. I mean, you talk about people thinking he's lost his ever-loving mind, right? But he was, a, he was, in a sense, he was operating like a prophet. God gave him a word. Amen? So he builds this ark and God lifts the righteous ones up above the flood that wiped out everything. God lifts up. Come on. It is a type and shadow of the rapture of the church. All right. Okay. So... Just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it'll be in the days of the Son of Man. They, they were eating. They were, this is the good part here. This is why I want to encourage you with this. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, and they were being given in marriage until the day of Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. They were eating, drinking, and marrying. In other words, life was continuing. Amen? Okay. All right. And it was the same that happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Type and shadow of the rapture of the church. Jesus, the, uh, the righteous are removed and Sodom gets blown to smithereens. Are you with me? But there's another picture of the rapture. So when, when they have been, his, when, 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 when everything's about to go down, the Bible shows us that God removes the righteous out of the way. All right, let's continue here. And it will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed, on that day, the one who is on the housetop and those who, whose goods are in the house must not go down and take them out. Likewise, the one who's in the field must not go back. Remember Lot's wife, whoever seeks to keep his life will lose and whoever loses his life will preserve it. Now I tell you, on that night, there will be uh, two, one in bed, one will be taken, the other will be left. Uh, the two women grinding at the same place, one will be taken, the other will be left and two men will be in the field and one will be taken and the other will be left. And answering, they said to him, where is the Lord? And he said to where is the body there? Also, the vultures will be gathered. But I want to go back here. And it says here, it will be just the same in the day that the Son of, the Ma oh, Son of Man is revealed. In other words, there will still be an economy. 
Doesn't matter. We understand there's turbulence going on. We understand the end game here. But we cannot. What you need to understand as a body of believers is we cannot. This is what I want to encourage you with a word here today. We cannot make any decisions at this juncture of time that is causing us to make decisions out of fear. It's not. The Bible doesn't say, and in that time you shall, you shall uh, uh, cease from all work, cease from marrying, cease from the cease and cease and cease. It doesn't say you shall cease and cease. In fact, the earth will still be running. Shops will be open, Walmart, Walgreens, CVS. I mean, uh, real estate's still going on. All these things will still be going on. The economy will still be going on. So in other words, while we are as the bride of Christ, a, a bride of power in our day-to-day living, like if God's put a, on your heart to open up a, a water park, the first water park of Lafayette, and, and you wanna build the best, greatest water park, then go ahead and build your water park. If Jesus comes while you're building it, glory to God. If you've got real estate decisions that you're making, make your real estate decisions. When Jesus comes, glory to God, you're gonna be in the twinkling of an eye. And I'm telling you right now, where, where this thing called the harpazo and the lifting up of the church, America is going to be one of, one of the, it's going to be the most cataclysmic in the United States of America. And there's other nations that are lots of Christian nations, but, but understand America is still, they're trying to fight for it to become the inferior economy. It is still the number one economy of the world, even as bad as, as it's getting and continuing to go. It's still the number one economy. If you have what they say at the highest level, 120 million Christians here, and let's go ahead for all intents and purposes, reduce that number all the way down to 60 million. If 60 million people suddenly vanish in an economy, what's that gonna look like? You've got nations, I used this example last week, you've got nations like Turkey, 54, 55 million people, very small number of Christians. They might not even notice that people have been taken away. Well, you can't not notice 60 million people. 20% of a nation. The numbers are closer to 30 or 40. I mean, I'm just making, giving you a, a conservative number. 60 million people, the economy will fall flat. Could you imagine a workforce of 40 million out of that 60 million number not showing up for work in one day? People that drive corporations, what will will happen? They'll be looting, they'll be pillaging, it will be insanity. Y'all saw the craziness and I've been told stories about what took place in New Orleans during Katrina. They thought it was the end of the world. Looting, I mean, there was people just firing shots from what I've been told, I mean, it was crazy. What happens when 60 million people go missing? What will happen within 24 hours of that moment? 
Some of you said, but I've got a very nice truck. What will happen with my truck? Don't worry. You will be in glory with Jesus and you're going to have a truck that's way better. It's going to be a V12. (laughs) I'm just making stuff up right now. But what I'm trying to say to encourage you on the tail end of this here, why we believe in the rapture of the church, because I believe there's biblical evidence that shows how God, what God does with the righteous ones. It's got nothing to do with persecution of the church. Persecutions here, it's got nothing to do with it. I'm talking about major events. But the end thing is they will be marrying, they'll be, they'll be doing, life will be going on. So you cannot make your decisions. We've got to be wise, make them. I mean, we're not talking about being stupid. We're not, being, we're not talking about being foolish. But just remember, how many of you, God has a, how many of you believe God's got a plan and a purpose for your life? Okay. So do you think now that God's plan and purpose for your life is altered? No. So in other words, until He comes, you do what He's called you to do. And you do what He's called you to do without any fear. So your decision-making process must not be rooted in fear based on what's going on. None of our decisions are to be based on what is going on currently. Because if you will look, you will be like Ecclesiastes when the tree is cut. We don't know which way it's going to fall. We don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea. But if we will just be faithful in doing what God's called us to do, that if we will put our hand here, put our hand here, it's going to yield. It's going to cough up some blessing for us. And I believe with all of my heart that we are still to witness the greatest awakening of the Spirit of God that the earth has ever seen in the history of mankind. And I believe still that we are living in an hour where we are going to see a great abundance of finances still coming into the hands of the righteous people of God. But a glorious church will know we have got to further the kingdom of God so that when the trumpet sounds, we have many, as many as possible going with us. I'm telling you right now, this is not a very popular message in the church today. Thank you for your agreement, Travis. The younger generation doesn't want to hear this message. And yes, you may come and share. Good to have you, good to have you. Come on, come on. Jeff's been out. Where were you, Michigan? Come on here. I know you've got a loud enough voice, but just to make sure. Uh, Good to see everybody. It's been a little while, and uh, maybe that makes what I say impact more because you don't know me very well, you know. (laughs) But uh, three things that that, that struck me, and it started with the the young lady. I don't know her name. That was... uh, Mallory? Yeah. When she said about... The worship and trying to mimic people and things of that nature and, 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 and try to get attention, even though we don't realize it when we do things that other people get attention for, it's because we want that attention. The second thing is when Mark said a little while ago, the bride within the bride. 
and that's two powerful things that go right together. One, the bride within the bride is going to be the person that's not washed on the outside. That's not doing the actions that get the praise, but is being washed on the inside, secure in the inside. That's the bride within the bride. That's the ones that's going to be taken. And the other ones are going to be wondering why they weren't taken. It's because it was surface. The Pharisaic did all the right things, but on the inside, they were rotten, Jesus said. Right? So that's two preparations for the end times, if that goes with what you're saying. And the, uh, uh uh-oh, I just lost the third one. The third one? That's the two. The third one is the Bible. Thank you. I'm glad you shook it back when you said the third one. The Bible says that there's one way that the church will be known, the true church, the bride. That's by their love for one another. Right? All the other stuff is what I believe you should be or how I believe you should think or what I believe you should do is all washed away. And one last statement, and this is for everybody. And this is how we need to be towards each other. God don't love you the way he thinks you should be. He loves you the way you are. And if we would look at each other that way, not what kind of tongues I think you should speak or what kind of worship you should be doing, but what's here, what's inside, what nuggets are being brought out. You know, I was with a guy named David Ravenhill. I don't know how many, I'm gonna name drop. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill's son uh, got to spend some time with him. He said he used to feel so inadequate. Now this is a giant of a guy and as far as Christianity goes because he would go to his dad's prayer meetings and everybody would be so vocal. But he'd be sitting over on the side just very quiet. And that's something he had to overcome. That's human nature. And that's what has to be pinned to the cross. Amen? Praise Hopefully that. Oh, that's great. I'm just glad to see you. Welcome back. Praise God. Good word. So... <clears throat> That's it, you know, um, I'd say in the last month, well, three weeks, three, three weeks, probably we've been touching along the lines of the subject. And so um, we're not, if anything, you know, it's not, we're not changing course as a culture in the church. If anything, we are accelerating. Um I think that's what we need to understand. We're just, everything is going to become accelerated. The rate of how we get to move forward, it's in it, we're going to move into acceleration in everything. And I believe that's an, a, season, a, a very on-time season word for everybody. God says acceleration. Everything is going to, everything, what usually would take nine months or a year or three years is going to happen in a, a, everything. Time is accelerating. Amen. Praise God. So walk in faith. Go out in faith. Go out in the joy of the Lord today. Be blessed. Um, And then for those of you watching by way of streaming,
stream. Thank you for watching with us. If you guys want to sow seed into the ministry, go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Click on the Your Support button um, where you can give safely and securely. If you want to text to give, you can text uh, the number three, the word give to 337 You'll get a link where you can give safely and securely. For those of you in the room, if you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM. That's short for Destiny Revival Ministries, or you can write Destiny Revival Ministries. The offerings are to my right, your left uh, envelopes. Uh, so at your uh, liberty, go ahead and do that. God bless you, everybody. We love you. And Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Be blessed.